Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. In the summer of 1908, in a remote area of Russia, a large explosion occurred, which changed the landscape and confused scientists about what might have happened. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. I'll tell you the story of Chuchuan of the Sananyar tribe. On the morning of June 30th, 1908, this does take place in Russia. So I hope I can get the names as well as I can in this. We had a hut by the river with my brother, Shikaran. We were sleeping and suddenly we both woke up at the same time. Somebody shoved us. We heard whistling and felt a strong wind. Shikaran said, can you hear all those birds flying overhead? We were both in the hut, and we couldn't see what was on the outside. Suddenly, I got shoved again, this time so hard I fell into the fire. I got scared. Shikaran got scared too. We started crying out for our father, mother, brother, but no one answered. There was a noise beyond the hut. We could hear trees falling down. Shikaran and I got out of our sleeping bags and wanted to run, but then the thunder struck. This was the first thunder. The earth began to move and rock and wind hit our hut and knocked it over. My body was pushed down by sticks, but my head was in the clear. Then I saw a wonder. Trees were falling. The branches were on fire. It became mighty bright. How can I say this? As if there were a second sun. My eyes were hurting even if I closed them. It was like what the Russians call lightning. And immediately there was a loud thunderclap. This was the second thunder. The morning was sunny. There were no clouds. Our sun was shining brightly as usual. And suddenly there came a second one. Shikaran and I had some difficulty getting out from under the remains of our hut. And then we saw that above, but in a different place, there was another flash and loud thunder came. This was the third thunder strike. The wind came again and it knocked us off our feet, struck the fallen trees. As we looked at the fallen trees, we watched the tree troughs get snapped off. We watched the fires and suddenly Shikaran yelled, look up and pointed with his hand. I looked up 
And there I saw another flash and it made another thunder, but the noise was less than before. This was the fourth strike, like normal thunder. Now I remember well that there was also one more thunder strike, but it was small and somewhere far away where the sun goes to sleep. Now, this story might be a little bit confusing. This record was taken by a man years later who was able to go speak to this man and find out what he thought happened during that time. So it was recorded, but it was in broken language that they had during that time. So this story occurs in Siberia, which Siberia means sleeping land because this area is so sparse, which means there's very little people or cities. So it's called the sleeping land. It's it's very, very far north in Russia. So Siberia, Russia is really far up north and it has extremely harsh or cold winters with an average of negative 13 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 25 degrees Celsius. That's really cold. Large snowflakes have been known to form that are the size of a ruler. They are 12 inches big. That's how huge these snowflakes are. Siberia's summers are extremely short and they only last for a couple months with the average temperature being 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees Celsius. On this summer morning, something unexpected happened, a large explosion. Russians watched as overhead, a large fireball came crashing down. It was a bluish color and as bright as the sun, followed by an extremely bright flash. The sound that they heard was similar to large guns being fired. And then the shockwave came. A shockwave is a force of pressure that travels faster than sound. So when pressure gets shifted by something large, like this explosion, the pressure in the air moves fast to dissipate or spread across the area. And this shockwave was so extreme and so powerful that it broke windows and knocked people off their feet hundreds of miles away. All across Eurasia, seismic stations that register earthquakes tracked what was equivalent to a size five earthquake on the Richter scale. This was recorded as far away as Washington, D.C. The next few days across Europe and Russia, the night sky was so bright that photographs were taken in Sweden and Scotland at midnight when it's usually pitch black. Many people stated that they could read the newspaper at night when it was usually dark. Because of the remote area in Siberia where this strange explosion had occurred, no one could get there to investigate to see what happened until 1921, 13 years later. Leonid 
Kulik was able to take a written account of what the local people had witnessed, but he wasn't able to find the site. So he was able to go and record stories of what happened with the people that witnessed and saw the fireball coming down, but he couldn't find where the site had happened because he was going across such a large area to try to find where the the event had occurred. It wasn't until 1927 that he was able to travel and find the site almost 20 years after the event happened. When he arrived, he found a circle that was 31 miles wide or 50 kilometers, and it was completely bare with no impact crater that would normally be expected with such a large impact. So impact crater is almost like a hole that you would find when something large hits something. So imagine if you were to throw a ball down at the ground, it would almost make an indent in the ground if it's thrown with a lot of force. Well, this came with so much force, they were expecting to find this crater and they could not find a crater. He found an area that was a circle and it actually had more of a shape of a butterfly as well. So it was this big area that had a circle butterfly shape that was huge, 31 miles wide that was completely bare, but it didn't have a crater or a huge dip in the ground. Completely puzzling. They found over 80 million trees had been killed by the blast and were lying on their sides, all facing away from the bear circle. It seemed that it had killed a large reindeer population in the area as well. Kulik had believed that this blast was caused by a meteorite falling from space, but he was not able to find meteorite fragments or the crater which made this event even more confusing. So meteoroids are objects in space that range in size from dust grains to small asteroids. Think of them as space rocks. When meteoroids enter Earth's atmosphere or that of another planet like Mars at a high speed or, and burn up, the fireballs or shooting stars are called meteors. When meteoroids survive a trip through the atmosphere and hits the ground, it's called a meteorite. So meteoroids are the space rocks that are found in space. When they come into the atmosphere, they're called meteors. And if they hit the ground, they're called a meteorite. So meteor meteoroids are in space. Meteors, when they come into Earth, atmosphere and meteorites are when they hit the ground. But Kulik could not find any evidence of a meteorite after this large crash. So strange because the meteorite would explain exactly what happened, but he could not find any evidence of a meteorite. This was very confusing for Kulik and his team. They began to research and come up with some conclusions of what possibly could have happened. They, of course, did talk about the possibility of aliens. Basically, anything that falls from the sky or is unknown usually starts a great discussion about aliens. But more than likely, 
a large icy comet came into the Earth's atmosphere, which is the atmosphere is a layer of gas or air that protects the Earth from space. When it came through the atmosphere, it began to break and melt this large ball of icy rock. It's much warmer here on Earth than it is in space. So it was probably a third of the size of a football field, which is extremely large. And it was moving at 10 miles per second. So when your parents drive a car just down like the street that your house is on, it's usually at 25 miles per hour. This was moving per second, 10 miles per second, which is extremely fast. When it got closer to the Earth's surface, it exploded and caused it to expand across the air, and it did not leave any part of the meteor intact. But because it was moving so fast, the pressure still pushed forward towards the Earth, creating damage on the surface of the Earth that was so strong that the surface buckled. The surface of the earth buckled, almost like when a rug gets pushed and has the bumps in it. That's how fast it was moving. It created a force that made the earth's surface buckle. They did find in the bare center, they found extraterrestrial dust. Sounds like alien dust, right? But extra extraterrestrial dust just means that it's not from this world. So that increases the likelihood that this theory is the correct theory. So over the next 100 years, we've had similar events occur around the world, but nothing so intense as what's known as the Tunguska event, which also shows that the meteorite theory is probably the most probable theory. The Tunguska event shows us the damage that could happen if a comet or a meteorite hit an area that was more populated. Could you imagine if something of this size hit a large city? Space stations have kept close eyes on nearby comets and meteors to make sure that they would not crash into places that are more populated. But there's no way to be sure that it wouldn't happen again, though. It's always a possibility. Porter's Ponderings of the Tunguska Event Do you think that the Tunguska Event was a meteor or aliens? Why do you think that there was no crater that was formed? What happened? to the meteor. What do you think you would have seen if you would have been there? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We are so grateful for how many downloads and how many people have left messages for us. We're so grateful. Make sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts so more, more kids can find us and become a mystery kid. I would love to see your drawings of the Tunguska event. Please tag us on Instagram or send the pictures to the mystery kids podcast at gmail.com. All pictures of the Tunguska event are located on our website, along with videos, books, and activities. 
go to the mysterykidspodcast.com. Next week's episode. What's that? A large black cat? Why are there large black cats being seen in Texas? Thanks for listening.